Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that because you're already listening to a podcast. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange... The bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Hey guys, welcome to the, uh, what? Mm-mm. What? It's gotta be spooky. Oh, oh. Hey guys. God, <laughs> not fucking creepy. <laughs> hey guys. Welcome. Is that your park bench? Uh, you you reserved that park bench? Is that just for you? Can I have your sandwich? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, the bonus Halloween special episode, and uh, we we really appreciate all of the entry submissions that we received. Some some really great ones this year. Super excited about sharing them with you. For so many, this is the best episode of the year. And this year we get to do two. And this is the first year that that Kat has actually done all of the editing production. No, I don't and, like that you're pointing and, that out because then people are going to be like, sound See, design. it's not as good as it always <laughs> has been. Will you stop it with that? No, I don't like it. Okay. Uh, I did it all. Cat did it. Cat, cat's the one. Oh man. Um. Anyway, some great uh, stories, and uh, we should just jump right into them. Uh, Kathy, Kathy sent us a few entries. Yeah. This year, and uh, we actually used a couple of them. Uh, we didn't have time to use them all, but uh, Kathy had a really interesting story about uh, curtain rods. Hi, Cat and Jethro. This is my story. This one is one that my mother told me when I was about 10. She said one night while spending the night over at my grandmother's house, um, she was sleeping in the spare room and she had woken up in the middle of the night, about three o'clock, the witching hour. And I didn't learn that that's what it was until much later, but she said she woke up around three o'clock in the morning and she looked over into the corner of her room where there was a window and sitting on top of the curtain rod she described what for lack of a better term would be three demons gargoyle looking sort of creatures they were dark she said they were horned had horns on their heads um 
and had wings. Um, she said the, the middle one was the larger of the three and the other two were, you know, like little minions, I guess, next to him. They were smaller than it was. And they just were sitting there staring at her. And every time she would move, they would track her with her, with their eyes. So she's laying there and she sat up and she looked at them and said, what are you? Are you real? And after she asked the question, she said the largest one, the big one in the middle, looked like it was going to take off and fly at her because it leaned down like it was trying to lunge at her. She said she was terrified. She pulled the blankets over her head and would not take them down. She didn't look out at the window again. She didn't look at anything. She fell asleep with blankets pulled over her head. And when she woke up in the morning, there was nothing there. No sign that anything had been there. To this day, she's not 100% sure she was awake. Though when she told me initially, she swore up and down she was wide awake. If you ask her about it today, she barely remembers it. But, you know, mom's pushing 80, so what are you going to do? But I do remember that it stuck with me because every time I would spend the night at my grandmother's house, she wanted me to spend the night in that room, and I categorically refused. Like, no, Grandma, I'm going to sleep in with you. I love you. Don't want to sleep there by myself because Mom told me the story about the demon gargoyles that live in your curtains. <sighs> so that's it. Those are all the stories. I love what you guys do. You're my friends even though we've never met because, well, most people don't like me, but that's okay. I hang with my freak family. Love you guys. Stay freaky. I can picture that in my head. It's too similar to that thing that happened to me when I was a kid. You know, I told you about the demon with the spinning eyes. Oh, tell me about that again. So, or uh, should I say, tell me about that again. <laughs> no. Um, so I was sleeping in our conversion van. Uh, we, I had made kind of like a, a camp out kind of situation. Right. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I sat up because I saw something on the other side of the van from me and I couldn't make it out. I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I, I sat up and I did that thing where when it's dark, you're trying to focus your eyes mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. darkness. And uh, so I could just make out the outline of like this kind of troll looking creature, like a, like a, like a gremlin or a goblin kind of thing. Gargoyle. A, a little gargoyly. And he had some, some pointy, business at the top of his head but the thing that was the most creepy was he had like eyeballs that were moving around in his eye sockets kind of oh like my god like a pinwheel whoa, whoa. um and it it would just sat there staring at me and so i covered myself up with a blanket and did not return that seems to be the uh the common defense yep so for nighttime gargoyle visitation does creep me out a little bit yeah wow i don't think you've i don't remember you telling me that story well i i do believe that i was probably having some sort of night terror um yeah so yeah. but it's too her story is too similar to my story for comfort okay i don't love it yeah i can't say that i i blame you michael sent us our next story hello cat and jethro this takes place over 50 years ago so um my memory is clear but it's old 
When I was growing up, my father was a plumbing and heating contractor, and the house phone, only landlines back then, was the phone number for his company, too. So one day, I was 14, I answered the phone, and it was very crackly, very staticky, and I could hardly hear anything. Then all of a sudden, this very faint, crackly, old kind of voice came across and said, this is Jim Smith. Tell your dad to finish putting in my water heater. I said, okay, that's Jim Smith. Finish putting in the water heater. Is there anything else? And then it just went completely staticky and the line cut out. So when my father got home later that day, I said to him, uh, you got a call from Jim Smith. He says to finish putting in his water heater. And my father looked at me and said, Jim Smith is dead. And I said, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Okay, he's dead. Did you ever finish putting in his water heater? And he said, no, because he died. And we could not figure this out at all. Uh, my father never did put in the water heater, but we never got a call from Jim Smith again. So that's the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me. So hope you can use it. I love stuff like that. Uh, I mean, sure, you can you can explain it different ways. Sure. But um, I'm pretty sure that the guy was calling from beyond the grave because he felt he didn't get his uh, the, his money's worth on the plumbing job. That feels like a very old man thing. <laughs> Whether or not I'm dead, you should still do the job. <laughs> That's a great story, Michael. Thanks for sharing it. Our next submission, our next story, uh, comes from the other side of the globe. And maybe just the other side. Ooh. See what I did there? Chris shares his story. Hi, I'm Chris from Australia. I grew up in South Africa, and during my final year of high school, I did pizza deliveries for extra income. One night, I had a late-night delivery about a block or two away from my own house and um, so I took the same route that I drive every single day and uh, it was on this dark and desolate road but since I know the road pretty well it never bothered me on this faithful night as I drove by a new building project I got a kick in my back almost like when a child sits behind you in the car and kicks you with both feet. It was a weird feeling, but I didn't think too much of it. Although something in me told me to not look in the rearview mirror. Do not look at the back seat. Don't know why, just it's a feeling that I had. And I listened to the feeling. I kept on driving and kind of got used to the, to the feeling of whatever hit my back. It was an old car, you never know what happens did my delivery, got back in, drove back to the, to the shop, didn't think anything of it, until I passed the same spot again, and all of a sudden, the kick was gone, or the, that feeling was gone. I felt a relief in my back, and it was all good. Uh, this freaked me out a little bit. I'm a skeptic, but um, let's just say that that night I took a different road going home. The next day I used the road again, no issues. Uh, this was on the Wednesday, 
couple of days later on, on the Friday, I saw the local newspaper in the kitchen. I opened it, I browsed through, and that's where I found an advertisement for a new cemetery on this specific road. It was opened on the Wednesday, and the first ashes were interned on that day. That day that I felt the kick in my back. Now I've driven this road after that numerous times, cycled it, drove it, late at night, early in the mornings. Never again have I had any issues. I remember, uh, I think it was the first year that we started doing the Halloween special. Mm. Somebody had a similar experience where they felt somebody kicking the back of their seat while they were driving uh, and there was nobody there. Yeah. Different, uh, different person, different story, different part of the world, but uh, very similar. Yeah. I think the thing about that that really creeped me out was just that sense that you shouldn't look in the rear view mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I get that feeling every night when I'm coming back from peeing. I don't want to look behind me. As you turn off the light in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something, if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? <sighs> Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life... Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, 
it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. Christine has our next submission. Hello. This is a true story that happened to myself and my previous partner, whom I will call Rick for privacy's sake. So we live in Western North Carolina. We are close to a place called Devil's Courthouse. This was a full moon night in October and being a witchy little weirdo, I thought it would be amazing to take a moonlight hike. My partner, not as witchy as I am, um, but just as weird and was an outdoorsy kind of person so he was willing to spend some time with me and humor me so we set off on the Blue Ridge Parkway which is a long scenic road that goes through the mountains and it's beautiful every want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money well I've got the podcast for you I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at ConstantPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
hour of the day, but at night it it is very mysterious, especially with the full moon and driving up into the clouds turns into a very foggy, spooky ride. The drive up was uneventful, just very foggy. Um, the cloud was getting very thick and I had moments of doubt where I didn't think we would actually be able to take the hike um, because of the, the lack of visibility. But once we reached the actual parking lot for the trailhead, um, we had passed the clouds and it was clear and beautiful, crisp and cold October night. And we were ready to go. We started to walk from the parking lot to the trailhead. I wasn't in the best shape at this time of my life. I hadn't gone on a strenuous hike in some years. And um, I started to see out of the corner of my eyes some red lights in the underbrush. Um, the only thing I can really compare it to is the flash of fireflies, that kind of bioluminescent light, except that it was red. I'm familiar with uh, glowworms and foxfire, and I have never seen red glowing lights at night. Um, I kept this information to myself. Again, just kind of kicking myself, thinking this has got to be like a blood pressure thing. I'm out of shape and this is odd, but kept it to myself. Now, the Devil's Courthouse Trail is paved and it does slope upwards. It has little switchbacks. It's, it's a really ideal trail. There's no lights. There's no street lights. Um, because of the full moon, most of the trail was illuminated, it was beautiful, but it was starting to get a little strenuous for me and I needed to catch my breath. And so I asked my partner if we could please take a break, let me catch my breath, and we would continue up the trail. Now, at this point, we were in the shadow of the mountain, um, so there was not the bright ambient light of the full moon. There was still some glow, but it was mostly dark. And I sat down on the bench and he sat down beside me. It was so, so, so quiet. Real crickets, beautiful silence, kind of a muffled silence. And my heart beat in my ears, of course, you know, and I'm still kicking myself. Gosh, I haven't even walked this far. Why am I in such bad shape? But in the silence, something happened. And I have, I have contacted him to ask him his version of events of the night, just to refresh my memory. But um, something happened and both of us had different experiences. What I heard was the sound of bare human feet running up the trail towards us. You know, that little pat, 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 pat. And at the same time, he says he heard what he believed to be a bear or something big um, in the underbrush rustling, crushing, you know, cracking branches kind of thing coming towards us from the woods. And 
we both heard something because at the exact same time, we said to each other, did you just hear that? And nothing happened. No, no body came out of the woods. No body came up the trail. It was just he and I sitting on the bench. But we, we both said, you know what? We're done with this hike. We hustled our way back down the trail. Um, both of us very much alert, um, checking behind us, listening, nothing. We weren't running, but we were walking with a quickness to get back to the car and um, the ride home. It was very quiet. We didn't discuss it. And to this day, I honestly and truly believe that um, we were intruding on somebody or something and they were letting me know before I even started the hike with the odd lights out of the corners of my eyes. Um, they were letting me know that they were there and we were not welcome and we were scared away in, in some supernatural, unexplainable way. And um, I have not actually returned to that trail since then. Um, I haven't taken a moonlight hike since then. It hasn't scared me away from the woods, but if I go back to Devil's Courthouse, I know that I will probably be a little bit more respectful and, and maybe ask for permission before I go stomping up there at night. So that's my story. Thank you for listening. First of all, uh, Christine, you tell a very good story. Yeah, and I love the idea of a midnight hike. I'm with you. Mm, that sounds amazing. Uh, it's interesting that she heard bare feet and he heard bare feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jokes. <laughs> Thanks, Christine. Elise has our last story of the night. Hi, Cat and Jethro. My name is Elise. I love your podcast, and I really appreciate an opportunity to contribute my little bit of personal weirdness. On to the story. I live in Kentucky in a little single-story home that was built in the early 1960s. Nothing Victorian or Edwardian or even especially unique. Just an old subdivision. For the last 15 years, my husband and I have lived here quietly, calmly, eventually joined by first one son and then another. Nothing too strange has ever occurred unless you count the wormhole or possibly black hole that occasionally steals items and disappears them for years before mysteriously returning them. But in the last year, my unhaunted streak was broken. On January 7th of this year at 5.12 in the morning, this was um, recorded on a Facebook post that I'd made, otherwise I would have absolutely no idea about these dates. I was awoken by tapping on my shoulder. The problem was this wasn't the shoulder by the edge of the bed where my kids could reach. No, this was the shoulder in the middle of the bed right next to my softly snoring husband. I still sat up and looked around me to check, but I was the lone awake person in the room. Eight months later, on August 17th, once again, thank you, Facebook, I was poked awake again before my alarm was set to go off. However, this time, it was my shoulder on the outside of the bed. 
When I turned to look, I thought one of my boys was crouched on the floor next to my bed, and I expected to hear, Mom, I'm sick. But no noise came from the small shadowy figure squatting by me. I turned my head and snatched my glasses from my nightstand, but when I turned back, nothing was there. Someone please explain if I'm about to have a poltergeist activity because my oldest kid is about to turn 13. Oof. I hate the idea of waking up and seeing somebody squatting in my bedroom. (laughs) Yep, just that dark figure crouching. Yeah, what are you doing? No, thank you. Feel like he's taking a ghostly crap right in my room. A celestial shit, if you will. Phantom farts. <laughs> Poltergeist poo. Alliteration's fun. It is. And this has been fun. It sure has. And uh, we're just getting warmed up. This is just the bonus episode. The official Halloween episode will drop Monday night. Halloween. It's going to be real good. Oh, no. I'm going to finish that sandwich. <laughs> so creepy. I think we really need to discuss uh, the difference uh, between creepy and scary. I don't know. I think they, they can be one in the same. Mm. Mm. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep flying that spooky freak flag. I'd pr- fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. <laughs> and so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. My name is Greg Jackson. I'm a historian, professor, and creator of History That Doesn't Suck, a podcast that provides a complete overview of U.S. history through storytelling, yet keeps the rigor you'd expect in a university class. Starting with 22-year-old George Washington in his first battle, join me for a chronological telling of the United States' story, its unlikely revolution, fractious civil war, tenacious inventors, brave reformers, and more. With more than 100 episodes, you can already binge listen your way through the progressive era. Find History That Doesn't Suck wherever you get your podcasts.